From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Shep, budget and appropriations reporter. Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin are once again negotiating with the goal of reaching a bipartisan agreement on another coronavirus relief package. Um, and Speaker Pelosi and House Democrats put out their latest proposal on that front Monday night um, with a $2.2 trillion COVID relief bill. That is down about $1.2 trillion from the $3.4 trillion proposal that Democrats put on the table in May. So, David, what's in this and why are Democrats releasing another offer now? Yeah, this was interesting, Jen. Democrats are making a last-ditch attempt to secure new coronavirus aid before the elections. And talks, of, you know, as you know, have, been, have just been stagnant for months. They can't agree on a price tag or the shape of a new relief package. And so what, what House Democrats are doing is saying, let's show our hand. Let's put public pressure on Republicans by presenting our own bill now of $2.2 trillion. It's down over a trillion from our last offer last May. We've shown we can come down in price. So Republicans, you come up in price. That's what this is about. Um, And so last night they dumped a huge bill, $2.2 trillion, which Republicans, of course, say is still too costly. And the White House, as you know, has sought to try to hold the line at $1.5 trillion. So now we're sort of $700 billion apart between the two parties, and they're still talking. So this is an attempt to get a bipartisan deal by sort of raising public pressure and showing how all the extra money could be spent. And this is a pretty big step for Speaker Nancy Pelosi. We've been hearing for months that she did not want to release another aid package, that she did not want Democrats to essentially negotiate against themselves, that she really wanted them to hold the line on that $3.4 trillion number, um, even as she faced a lot of pushback from moderates in the House Democratic Caucus, including the Problem Solvers, um, which is a bipartisan group, which put out their own proposal um, just a couple weeks ago. And so this was kind of a reversal of course for her. Um, and so one of the things that I'm personally very curious about this week is whether or not this actually goes to the House floor, because a lot of people who are trying to figure out whether these renewed talks between her and Treasury Secretary Mnuchin are real or not are saying, well, if they schedule a House vote on this new package, it's more of a messaging bill. Democrats want to give their moderates something a bit fresher than that May vote to campaign on. Um, but if Democrats hold off and don't do a House floor vote on this new package, it probably means that conversations between her and the Trump administration are going pretty well and that she expects a floor vote on a bipartisan agreement. Is that kind of your takeaway as well? Oh, absolutely. Right. This is a messaging bill. They know this bill can't become law. It was only written by Democrats, and it's still it's still way more money than Republicans will accept. But they're trying, as I said, to put pressure on Republicans to cut a deal. And so this is a cave by Nancy Pelosi because she was trying to hold the line at $3.4 trillion. And she has also said needs have only increased since May when they passed that bill. If anything, she wanted even more money. But 
they knew that that the three point four trillion was going nowhere. They've been trying to cut a deal and haven't been successful yet. And Pelosi was getting pushback from a lot of moderates in her caucus who were nervous about campaigning for re-election with no new legislation to tout and pushing her to get a deal. And so they are trying this gambit now. And I think you're right. If 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 this bill goes to the floor for a vote, it means they've not been able to reach any kind of bipartisan cooperation and that none is in sight in the next several weeks. And so what they have to do is hold a show vote on this bill to say, look, we tried, here's all the aid we were trying to give you, but Republicans blocked us. And that's what the Democrats would go home and campaign over. Um, If they don't put this on the floor, it means they may be very close to a bipartisan deal. And, you know, the, they, they're in session only this week before they go home to campaign for re-election. Um, but it doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean a deal has to come together this week. I mean, if they, if they get close this week, they could put off a vote and keep talking, and they could always bring everybody back for one day for a vote to ram a bipartisan deal through. Although it just... I have to say, it's, it still seems a little unlikely to me that, that it can happen in time. And the closer you get to an election, the harder it is to reconcile these things. And I guess we don't know how much pressure they're now facing uh, to get a deal done versus just um, hanging in there until after the elections. Yeah. And it seems like there's a potential benefit to Democrats and Republicans from reaching a mutual agreement, right? Speaker Pelosi has a lot of moderate Democrats who would really like to be able to go back to their districts and campaign on an actual bill, right? Most Americans, especially those who are out of work or have had their hours cut or are experiencing furloughs, um, dealing with their kids home from school with no end in sight to that, a lot of them want to hear about actual relief. You know, they want to hear whether or not they're going to be getting another tax rebate check from the government. They want to hear if their schools are going to be getting additional funding so that they can have, you know, masks and hand sanitizer in every classroom. They want to hear about whether or not the small business loan program, the paycheck protection program is going to get another infusion of cash so that their favorite, you know, restaurants or bookstores are still going to be there when this pandemic is over, that they're still going to have an actual sense of community Um, when everyone is able to sort of go back to the new normal. And so there's also incentive from the Trump administration to be able to campaign on an actual bill. And so there is motivation on both sides of these things, but whether or not the pull of the election and sort of campaigning you know, on, well, if you give us more Democrats, we can do this, or Republicans saying, well, if you give us a Republican House will, you know, be more mindful of the deficit with these ongoing aid negotiations, you know, that is still there as well. So I think there's a lot of sort of, you know, back and forth about, you know, what's the real benefit here. Right. And the, and the, and the ideological tug of war is Republicans are arguing, we'll never be able to spend our way out of this pandemic if you just, we've got to reopen the economy in order to get it going again. And, and that's a better path than yet more aid. And the counter to that is, until we get the virus under control, you can never reopen the economy fully. So that's sort of the tug of war they've been locked in for months. And whether this can resolve its week, we don't know. Let me just touch on on, on some of the uh, what this bill, how it changes, though, from, um, 
from the May initiative because they did come down, as you said, about $1.2 trillion from May. That's a lot of cutting they had to do. Um, and the biggest place where you see the cuts, I think, is in the aid to state and local governments. You know, that was the top priority of Democrats. They said that um, state and local governments were facing mass furloughs and layoffs because of their revenue shortfalls from the economic shutdown if they don't get more aid. And Republicans have been very resistant to state and local aid. And they say they don't want to bail out poorly managed states. And so the, there was a real standoff there on state and local aid. Democrats here in their new bill did make a move toward compromise because they, they cut their request for that aid in roughly half. They initially wanted over $900 billion in state and local aid. Now it's $436 billion. So that's way down. Now that's still a lot more, I'm sure, than Republicans want. Um, but that's a significant concession, I would say, um, to save some money. And they, they made some other cuts, too. I mean, health hospitals, healthcare providers, they got cut about $50 billion. Rental assistance for, for renters is down about $50 billion. They made some other trims, too. And at the same time, they increased some money. That the, the biggest surprise to me in this new package, Jen, was, was the restaurants. Restaurants scored big in this. Um, they've been campaigning for months for huge new money, $120 billion stabilization fund, they called it, um, because restaurants, as you know, uh, have been dying. Uh, there's a lot of closures, and a lot of them are facing closure in the near future, they say, without more, without more money. They say they need help yesterday. Uh, this bill does answer that call, and they provide the full $120 billion restaurants wanted that would come in the form of grants to uh, shore up restaurants that have had to operate at much lower capacity during the pandemic or operate only as takeout or, or not at all. Um, so that was a huge win for the restaurant industry. And that's significant more money. And then there were other additions too. The airlines got another $28 billion in payroll support to avoid mass layoffs there. And Democrats upped their education funding from what they had requested in, in May. I think more than double what they had requested in May. Uh, because you've got so many schools now struggling to reopen safely or others that are just trying to conduct classes online uh, and yet broadband is insufficient. They don't have all the technology and the tools they need to make it work well. So they significantly upped their education funding. So they made some some big additions to the, to the request too, but they'd made some deep cuts. And overall, uh, they made more cuts than increases. So this is the attempt by Democrats to come down in price. Um, whether it impresses Republicans enough to cut a deal is what we're going to have to see this week. And one thing that we should point out that's not in this bill is liability protection for businesses and universities and all the other entities that Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has been saying for months uh, must be in any coronavirus relief bill that he puts on the Senate floor. And so that's one of the issues in negotiations between Speaker Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Mnuchin that is going to be really challenging to resolve because we've heard from McConnell over and over and over again for months that 
there must be strong liability protections in this package. Um, but in the two previous proposals that Senate Republicans released, the language on liability protections was way too um, sort of broad for Democrats. There are a lot of concerns from them that this would sort of insulate um, business owners or universities or other institutions that just don't really take proper precautions for their employees during this pandemic through providing, you know, basic personal protective equipment like masks and hand sanitizer or hand washing stations. And so that's one of those issues where when these negotiations are going back and forth on spending bills, you know, typically they do what we refer to as reaching an agreement in principle. And that's saying, okay, we sort of have the broad strokes of this. We know we're going to spend X dollars on education, Y dollars on state and local aid, you know, Z dollars on healthcare. But negotiating this liability protection section, that's something they really almost have to be writing the legislative text on before they can agree on it, because it's going to be one of those issues that's really complex and has become sort of a central pivot in these, you know, ongoing back and forth conversations. Yeah, no question. That's going to be a big obstacle to a deal. It has been for months. McConnell has been very insistent on that. He says, otherwise, we're going to face, employers are going to face a slew of lawsuits um, as they reopen from all these workers claiming that they, they were made sick by coming to work. And Democrats have been just as adamant that workers deserve to have that protection and the right to sue um, if they're going to if they're going to put themselves at risk to go back to work. And so, how they re- that resolving that is definitely a key to cutting a deal. And there is no sign yet that we've seen, at least publicly, that that they've agreed to anything on that front. That is a good point, and that could hold hold things up too. And keep in mind, I mean. McConnell's hope was was to do a bare bones package. I mean, the last time Senate Republicans released their their package, it amounted to six hundred fifty billion dollars, which you know used to be considered big money in pre pandemic times, but but not anymore. And so, six hundred fifty billion is is just a bare bones package, and, and more than half the cost of that, you know, was offset with some unspent money that they took away. So. So the net cost of it was something like three hundred billion. So, so it was really pretty bare bones compared to what Democrats are pushing for. And while Democrats are sort of moving towards the middle with this proposal, you know, their previous negotiating position was three point four trillion. Their new proposal is two point two two point two trillion. Excuse me. They're sort of working towards that White House line of one point five trillion. When Senate Republicans released that sort of bare bones proposal, as you were saying, they were actually going in the opposite direction from the middle. Their previous proposal was somewhere in the one trillion range. And so, you know, well, Speaker Pelosi and House Democrats seem to be, you know, trying to work towards a bipartisan agreement. That Senate Republican bill that McConnell was able to put on the floor was actually going in the opposite direction. Yeah. So this is this is a make or break week here for for a COVID aid deal. We're going to be watching it very closely for you. And before we go, Jen, we should just say that uh, we also face a, a uh, funding deadline tomorrow, Wednesday, as we tape here tomorrow, to avoid a government shutdown. Where do things stand with that? Speaker Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Mnuchin were able to reach agreement on a continuing resolution, one of those temporary funding bills that will last through December 11th. That passed the House overwhelmingly last week. 
Uh, more than two-thirds of that chamber voted in favor of it. And so the Senate right now is sort of working through the procedural hurdles, um, and they expect to take a final vote on that on Wednesday. Um, and as Congress is known to do, they are cutting it very close to the deadline with you know, current funding availability scheduled to run out at the end of the fiscal year, which is you know, essentially Wednesday night at midnight. And so... Nothing like waiting to the last minute to... Uh Get their work to fund the entire United States government. Yep. Right. Um, so we'll look forward to that on Wednesday. The Senate should overwhelmingly pass that. We expect President Trump to sign it. I don't see a reason he would he would hold it up. But of course, it is twenty twenty. You is, never. It know. is twenty twenty, and he's a very mercurial president, and you can never quite be sure what he'll do when. But we do expect him to sign it and at least uh, avoid a government shutdown right before the election. So we'll be watching that as well. That does it for us today. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can always drop us an email. The address is cqpodcast, one word, at cqrollcall.com. The CQ Budget Podcast is produced by CQ Roll Call a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is part of Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company. Thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Shutt, budget and appropriations reporter. You can always stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget Newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or just Google the phrase CQ Budget Podcast. And we'll be back next week.